0: Ladies and gentlemen, federal employees, welcome back to this episode of Q&A. Here with me, your host, Dallin Haas. Again, this is where we go deep into your federal benefits to help you retire confidence. You don't have to worry about the money, about the dollars, so that you can enjoy life after your career. That's what it's all about. Now, we got three incredible questions today that will bring you a ton of great answers and value. But before we dig in, I got a shout out. Okay, a shout out to my man, Adam Schultz. And I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that last name, but Adam Weisholtz. he sent me a gift. I know, that's awesome. He sent me a clock, and a tickless clock to be exact. Okay, so if you're on the podcast, you might have been out of the loop, but this has kind of been a running joke over on YouTube, where in my background, behind me, has been a clock that stays at 1010 all the time. And the story is that it's, it's been about six months. Six months ago, I was in here working, in my office working, and the ticking just, I didn't like it. It was, it was bothering me. So I just took the battery out. I didn't even really think about it, and I kept filming, and I kept doing things, and um, people started noticing. They said, hey, what's going on with your clock? And I explained, I'm like, okay, this is what's going on. I took the battery out, and it just became a thing. So I couldn't change it, right? I just, I just couldn't. And Adam, my man, sent me a tickless clock. So, Adam, you are incredible. But actually, my wife, when she, saw this, when she saw it, she said, hey, I have a perfect spot for that back in the house. And so she's actually claiming it, right? And so it's not going to actually be up on the wall here. But uh, thank you, Adam. You are incredible. And if anyone else wants to send me stuff, I'm happy to accept, right? That is something I'm very willing to do. And my wife, I'm sure, will claim most of it because uh, that's just her right. as my wife, right? Okay. Now, without that out of the way, let's dig into this episode. So question number one. So this question reads, hey, I have worked for the post office for 30 years and understand my retirement benefits pretty darn well. However, I have a friend that resigned after 10 years of service and went to work for a non-government job. Is there any federal retirement pension benefit for them after they reach retirement age? I was told they were vested after three years, but I don't know what that means. Okay. So this is a great question with a few things kind of weaved in and out. So let's first start with, they said, Hey, they are vested after three years. Let's start with that. So there's a couple things that you can be vested in as a federal employee, okay? Where they got the three years from is probably from the TSP because, as you know, as a federal employee, every paycheck, your agency is automatically going to put 1% of your salary into the TSP. And that is not your matching comp- contributions. That is just your automatic 1% contribution that your agency puts in there. Whether you put any money in or not, that's going to go in, okay? Okay. It takes you three years of working for the government to be fully vested in that 1% contribution, okay? Once you've worked for three years, then that 1% automatic contribution from your agency is completely yours. That's kind of how it works. So I believe, probably, this Fed who's asking this question, that's where they got the three years from, okay? Now, there's, you can also be vested in your pension, in retirement, and that is actually five years. It takes five years of working with the federal government to be able or to be eligible for a pension later, okay? So this question specifically said, hey, I have a friend that had 10 years. So they've got more than five, so they definitely can get a pension, but they definitely are gonna have to wait. It's gonna be a deferred retirement, and we've talked about that before. Basically, for a deferred retirement, you have to have at least five years of service, and you can't. Generally speaking, you can't start your pension right away. And with ten years of service, you do have to wait at least until your minimum retirement age, and at least sixty if you don't, or at least sixty-two if you don't want a reduction to your pension as well. Okay. So to answer your question, yes, they are eligible for something, but I do have to make one small note. There's a nuance. When someone leaves service before they're actually eligible to retire they can actually choose to pull their retirement contributions out of the system, okay? Let me clarify that because I get some confusion here. There's two things that you're paying into during your career. Of course you're paying into the TSP when you save money into it and it grows and you can invest it and things like that, but you're also contributing into the FERS pension system where you put money from your paycheck every paycheck and it goes into the system and then later in retirement you get your pension from that fund, right? So actually, when you leave service early, before you're actually eligible for a full retirement, you can choose to take those contributions out of the pension system, okay? But if you take it out, you are no longer eligible for a deferred pension later. That's how it works. So if your friend, the Fed, who asked this question, if your friend had 10 years of service and did not take out his contributions from the system, then yes, he will be eligible for a pension later, probably at 62, depending on the situation, okay? Great question now. Okay, question number two. This is a shorter one. It says, hey, is it better to have your cash bucket of retirement in the TSP or move remaining TSP, TSP funds to an IRA for the other two buckets or the opposite? So this may be a little confusing, but for those that have been here at the channel and the podcast for a while, you may know that we use the bucket system to help our clients retire, and basically what that means is say, um, your short-term money is going to be in one bucket. Um, I'm talking about your investments, by the way. Um, your midterm money is going to be in a second bucket, and then your long-term investment money is going to be in a third bucket. And we kind of structure it that way so your short-term needs are taken care of, but also your money can last as long as you do, and you can keep up up with inflation over time, right? So that's what they're referring to. They say, hey, for my short-term money in retirement, where's the best place to put that? Is it in the TSP because we have the G fund, or is it better to put it in an IRA? Where is the best place to have the short-term money in retirement? This is a great question. So The G Fund, when it comes to a place that's safe and isn't going to bounce around, is a great tool. And obviously we know it's not a good tool for long-term investing because it just doesn't grow very much. But right now, because interest rates are so low, it's so difficult to find a place that's going to pay at least as much as the G Fund would in the short term. Right? So, for example, you could go get a CD at the bank, but they pay next to nothing right now. You could, sit, you could put in a savings account, they pay even less, right? So the G fund may be a great spot for that option. And, and there are some options in the IRAs as well, but the G fund in general is a great spot for that. Now, with that being said, what you do want to keep in mind is because the TSB has some limits, for example, you can have one withdrawal request every 30 days. So there's limits to how and when you can take money out, right? They're fairly flexible, but they're not near as flexible as, let's say, a savings account or an IRA. So one thing I always recommend for clients is, hey, you could have, you know, a bulk of, let's say, your short-term money or even your long-term money in in the TSP, no problem, but you're going to want to have some money in a savings account, at least some, so that if an emergency comes up, if something comes up, and you need money right away, and maybe you already had a withdrawal request from the TSP, and you don't wanna wait 30 days, right? Have some money in a savings account, in a type of account that will be there for you, regardless of you know, when you need it. Basically, an emergency fund of some sort to have a good chunk of change, so if something comes up, you need money right away, it's very, very accessible. Okay. So those are my thoughts. Yes, the G fund can be a great tool. Are there some better, not better, but are there comparable options? Yeah, there are, but the G fund can be a great place to be, but also outside the TSP have some, have some in in a savings account where you can access it very, very quickly if needed. Okay. Perfect. I'm going to scroll here to question number three. So question number three, they say, Hey, I know that I can deduct my health care, my long-term care, as well as Fegley, the, the life insurance, fees from my first pension once I retire. My question is, can I enroll in the FSA Fed's health care savings program with pre-tax dollars and have it deducted for my pension after I, after I retire? So great question. So there's a few different pieces here, but the first question that he's asking is, hey, can I pay the FSA feds with pre-tax dollars in retirement, right? So I got bad news, okay? So as a retiree, you actually are not eligible to use the FSA feds program, right? Once, you're, once you retire, you no longer can use that program. So that's the bad news, right? Now I actually have double bad news because in this question, they assumed that hey, I know that I can deduct my health insurance, my life insurance straight from my pension, right? And while it does come out of your pension in retirement, you still have to pay taxes. It's, it, you don't pay those things with, with uh, pre-tax dollars, right? You have to pay taxes still on your full pension, okay? And I know that's different, and the, the reason this is really confusing for folks is because actually, while you're working, your health insurance premiums are paid with pre-tax dollars. So let's do an example. Let's say you make a hundred grand in a year. Okay, that's your taxable income. While you're working, let's say your health insurance premiums for a year is five grand. Okay, you say let's say you pay five grand in one year. That means it's going to actually reduce your taxable income to ninety-five thousand. That's what it does while you're working. You pay the premiums with pre-tax dollars, it lowers your income, which is great. Now, in retirement, that's different, okay, it changes. The price is not going to necessarily change just because you retire, right, it's not going to do that unless, of course, you're part of USPS, that's a little different, but um, just because you retire, your health insurance rates are not going to jump up, okay, but What will change is how you pay it. Instead of pre-tax dollars, you're going to be paying with post-tax dollars. So technically, you actually are going to be paying more for it in retirement, okay? And as well as your life insurance premiums and long-term care premiums, those are all going to be paid after tax as well. There is no tax deduction for those during your career or in retirement, okay? So that is one of the biggest differences with your health insurance in retirement and while you're working right? How you pay the premium. So it, it in effect will be more expensive in retirement, even if the price doesn't increase at all. Okay. So that is the three questions for today. I hope that was helpful. And again, Adam, thank you for setting the clock. You are the man and I will see you guys next time.